Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com code PROGRAM. Welcome to Bollywood is for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, locally grown, community supported. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this supplemental episode, we're discussing season two of Raj and DK's hit Amazon Prime series, The Family Man, starring Manoj Bajpayee, friend of the show, as a spy who has to balance his career in espionage with his responsibilities as a husband and father. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, home to First Nations and Métis people. Especially today. It's Canada Day that we're recording this, and uh, I don't know if you've seen the news lately, but uh, we we definitely need to be paying more attention to Indigenous affairs and, you know, like, honoring them, because this country's screwed up, man. Yeah, and I don't, I mean, I don't know if, if these sorts of things make news around the world um but if if you were unaware uh without getting into too much detail there have recently been a number of horrifying discoveries uh hundreds of unmarked graves um of children of bodies of indigenous children uh in residential former residential school sites Mm -hmm. uh and so it is i think for years it's been brewing that Canada Day is not a holiday we should be celebrating in the same way as we used to. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not want to celebrate colonialism, uh, and instead it should be a day for reflection of this broken country we have, that we live in. In Winnipeg, they yanked over a big statue of a lady with a pointy hat, and now we'll never know who it is, because statues equal memories. Mm. What? The Queen. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I, I don't know who that is. <laughs> now that the statue's gone, it's completely slipped my mind who this person was. When you said pointy hat, I, I thought you meant like a witch's hat. A one hat. point, yeah. <laughs> no, it's got a bunch of points on it. Yeah. Anyway. Anyways, we uh, are it here. Is, it is hot as balls out right now for oh, us. Yeah, it's extremely hot. We, um, in Where we are in Alberta, in Edmonton, uh, we are experiencing We're in the heat dome. record-breaking heat. I think it was 38 degrees Celsius yesterday. Yeah. I don't know what that is in Fahrenheit because Fahrenheit doesn't make any sense. Doesn't Just, make any sense. You can look it up yourself, but it's hot. Yeah, and the highest recorded temperature in all of Canada was recorded earlier this week. Yeah, 49 degrees. Yeah, just record-breaking And that's heat. the air temperature. It's not even the ground temperature. It's just crazy. And the place where they recorded that heat burnt down. There was a huge fire. Yeah. So, yeah, things are going nuts here. Yeah. Uh, but and you know also what, like the Pacific Northwest, British yeah. Columbia, and Alberta. It's this big heat dome, uh, and I do think it's funny because we laugh at <laughs> we laugh at people in other countries being unable to handle the cold. 
Uh, and now we can't handle the hot. And now I feel like they're laughing at us. We I'm being we literally could heat. not stand the heat and <laughs> should get out of the kitchen, but we can't. Yeah, but but also like where we live is not built for these temperatures in the no. same way that when we make fun of people not being able to handle the cold, we're, where they live, we're built different. Yeah, where they live, their cities are not built to handle the cold. So yeah. climate change is real, people. Yeah. Uh, boy, also, this is a heavy episode. Yeah, read, read the Truth and Reconciliation Commission for Indigenous People. But do you know how this ties in to the family man? I, I, have, I have a theory. We got your racial tensions... Yeah. Your histories of injustice, and also somewhere going, someone going somewhere where it's way hotter than they're used to. <laughs> yes, that's the Family Man season two. Yes, uh, we are big fans of the Family Man. We're family fans. <laughs> yes, uh, the first season we absolutely loved, and we were very excited for this second season to arrive. And it was somewhat delayed. It finally came out on June fourth. Uh, earlier this year, June 4th, 2021. It was somewhat delayed, I guess because of controversy around other Amazon Prime shows. Mostly that Tandav show, right? That had a bunch of which uh, controversy. Have, yeah, which we still haven't watched. We haven't despite, heard it's good is the problem. Yeah, despite the fact that it stars Saif Ali Khan, our boy, we still haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, Let us know if you think we should, but uh, I think they might have edited The Family Man 2 to put in some more... Maybe not pro-government stuff, but like pro-doing your job for the country. Maybe. There's one scene that kind of felt a little out of place to me. It, it's hard to say. I think I have heard that like it wasn't delayed because of the controversies. And The Family Man Season 2 has also had its share of controversies. Most notably, the villains of this season are the Tamil Tigers. They seem and... to be based on them. It is like yeah, the, the Tamil Tigers in all but name. They, yeah, they are the Tamil Tigers. Uh, and um, the Tamil population of India is, you know, some people are upset about this. Yeah. However, it seems like a lot of the controversy has been from people who didn't necessarily maybe watch the show, which we can get into. Well, yeah, because I think it, it this independence movement in Sri Lanka for like a separate Tamil nation, I think is presented pretty like reasonably. Like they're not... Compared to last season, like the the Pakistani villains, you kind of get a little bit of backstory, and you do feel bad for them. But in this one, like I think it is typically like agreeing with them. It it's certainly They're, an empathetic the, portrayal. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Um, okay. Not agreeing. Just check with the lawyer. Not agreeing, <laughs> but it is certainly a more nuanced and empathetic portrayal than what you might have heard from people who are mad about it. Yeah. Yeah. So there have been and there have been groups. Uh, trying to stop the season's release. But if you don't have a group mobilizing against you in India because of your TV show or movie, like, you haven't really made it. That's typically, like, something comes up. Every time a big hit comes up, like, someone's mad. And The Family Man, by design, is political. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it is, like, just a fun spy show, but also the, the conflicts that that Badgeface character finds himself in are, you know, based on on real life conflicts. They said, well, the, on, I don't know if they said it this time. Real but real political it, tension. Yeah, in the first season, I think it was the last episode, the credits said, like, here's some news stories that we based, yeah. like, the bombings and stuff on. So it's, like, ripped from the headlines, you might say. 
Yeah, and so I think that aspect of the show is both kind of like to the show's credit, but also it kind of can cause some problems for the show. It's going to touch a nerve for some people. Exactly, and so it it it, it is it is a political show at mm-hmm. times, but it's one that we quite like. Uh, so do you want to do you want to set up this season, Matt, where we where we left off last season and okay. Uh, well, and first off, you should listen goes. to our episode that we did on it uh, last year, I guess, that we did on the first season. There'll I, be a link. I think so, yeah. We, we Maybe a year and a half ago. It was a while ago. We got to it late. It was released in 2019, but we got to it rather late. So yeah. I don't remember when that episode came out. Uh, there's just been so much new streaming content just constantly. I think it's impossible to keep up. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how Suchin does it. Hats off to you, Suchin. It's his full-time job, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Assuming that you've watched the first season now, or listened to our episode on it at least. So, Srikant Tawari uh, starts off the season not actually working for Task, his his government unit that Mm -hmm. stops uh, sort of terrorist stuff. He's actually working for a software firm that uh, apparently only produces TPS reports, because that's all we really hear about, called CacheMe, so C-A-C-H-E-Me. And uh, if you remember from the first season, his wife, Suchi, uh, worked at a uh, sort of wellness app. Like she was, it was a startup that she worked Mm -hmm. at. And I think that was... Shrink Me. Shrink Me, yeah. So it was like a... Um, you know, mobile psychiatrist thing you could talk to. Mm-hmm. So he's stuck in this job and he hates it. One thing I really like about the opening of this season is that the end of season one leaves on like a complete cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And this season, when it opens, it doesn't resolve all of that immediately. No, it, of, it takes a while. Yeah. You're aware that some time has passed and you don't really know what happened. And I like that they slowly fill in the gap of kind of what has happened in the meantime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just I think that's really smart. Yeah, because it's it's playing with it's your expectations. Well, you're interested to find out. Yeah, this show is always playing with your expectations. And because it straddles the domestic world of Shri and Suchi and their kids, but also the exciting world of international intrigue, I think it kind of left the personal stuff a bit of a mystery because. You know, we're going to find about that later on, but it, it introduces the main players of the new sort of uh, bad guys, I guess mm-hmm. you'd say. Uh, and we all learn about that at the same time. Mm-hmm. So it, it makes the domestic mysterious in addition to showing us the new people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, he hates his job. Uh, his boss is very funny. It's this sort of young guy who started the company, I guess, and he keeps coming up to him and you know berating him for doing personal calls. And he he keeps harping on that he should not be a quote unquote minimum guy, a guy who just does his work and goes home. He should attend uh, office birthday parties and other shit like that. And I gotta say, I'm a minimum guy. It's this a, really worked up for me. It's very office space. You only have the minimum amount of flair. Literal on. TPS <laughs> reports. From office space. That's what he has to do. Yeah. Um, it. I guess I work in a very small office and I haven't actually been there very much lately. But uh, I, you know, I, I don't try to make it into a family because I think that's actually kind of insidious. Right. Like this whole. How many cake cuttings do you attend a year? None. <laughs> but like, oh, I have a work wife and this is my work family. Yeah. Like, that's creepy. Uh, just do your job. Your employer doesn't owe you anything else than that. 
uh, sidebar over. And I actually employ people, so I don't want them. To, I, don't, I don't want to be part of their family. I just want them to do their job. Uh, but anyway, he is still hanging out with uh, J.K. So I play by Shreem Hash, uh, Shreem Hashmi. Uh, by the way, Manoj Bajpayee plays uh, Shrikant, and uh, Priyamani plays Suchi, his wife. Mm-hmm. And he's he's hanging out with J.K., having uh, lunches and stuff, and is you know pushing for gossip and wants to know what's going on with Task because you know. Uh, we don't actually know why he left, but, um, you know, he's he's bored. He wants to know what's up at his old job, and his old job is much more exciting. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, in uh, South India slash Sri Lanka, uh, a rebel group, uh, we see a few years ago, quote unquote, a rebel group sort of training in like a like a specter island type thing. So it's mm-hmm. this camp where they're all learning how to shoot guns and fly planes and hand-to-hand combat. Uh, we see uh, three characters there. We see uh, Baskaran, Savasaran, and uh, Deepan. So they are sort of higher-ups in this uh, commando squad. Um, and I think it's Baskaran who actually is like the prime minister in exile at the beginning. Because they their camp gets overrun by Sri Lankan army, they escape, and uh, they move to England, where they're like the government in exile. And they're trying to get uh, France and the UK to recognize them as the legit government and not the current Sri Lankan government. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we also find uh, uh, Samantha. So Samantha uh, is an, a South Indian actress, Yes, a very well-known South Indian actress. I have seen her in... Super Deluxe, uh, right? A number of things, yes. She's in Super Deluxe. She was in 24. You've seen her also in Iga. Yeah. So, uh, she's very good. And so, she's excellent in this. Yeah, and at the beginning of the show, she is working as... I think it's like a string factory or like a thread factory where they're yeah. just making different kinds of thread. And she is being sexually harassed by her boss and also a guy on the bus. Yeah, her uh, character's name is Raji, and her full name is Samantha Akineni. Uh, I usually just see everyone calling her Samantha. <laughs> yeah, when you when you made it to the point where your first name, and actually like not a fairly unique first name, but like you just are the first name, that means you're doing pretty well. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, we find out that she is actually like a super commando from this squad. Uh, she dispatches the men in her life who are pissing her off right mm-hmm. away, and then is tasked with helping uh, this political group further their aims and trying to split up India-Sri Lanka relations. Mm-hmm. Does, that, think, does that cover it? Uh, I think that covers it. And also, I mean, <laughs> Driti has wanna, a boyfriend. Yeah, we don't want to spoil anything. Yeah, Driti has a boyfriend. She doesn't tell her parents, except Atarv knows. And, yeah, and he Atarv is trying is... to learn the saxophone. <laughs> <laughs> and how to be a hypnotist. I will say, like... His subplots, some of my favorites. Yeah, Atarv, uh, he should, you know, have more episodes next time. I want to know what he's up to. Uh, in the first one, he was playing around with Shri's gun. Yeah. In this one, he's more kind of a Cassandra figure who is <laughs> warning people about bad stuff that could happen and trying to hypnotize yeah. them. Yeah, I guess I'd also add that um, I, I don't think it's a spoiler to say that that Srikant does eventually rejoin Task. Like, mm-hmm. If you watch the trailers for for this it's season. It's not just him working in an office yeah, it's for, not just, they, for nine they episodes. They don't just like take the True Lies concept and then suddenly make it office-based for the second season. Uh, although, again, like there is 
I, I think you can it stays see, there a bit longer than I thought. Yeah, and I think you can kind of see like some of uh, some of Raj and DK's influences. Mm-hmm. Uh, very. They're clearly. the most Hollywood influenced guys. Yeah, uh, and also there's a, a new character in Chennai, a police officer played by Deva Darshini. Another uh, one name actress. Who I think is like one of one of this season's big MVPs. It's she accidentally arrests. Well, she doesn't accidentally. Arrest, she she arrests Trikant and JK for. <laughs> Uh, trespassing and possible murder, and then kind of joins the team afterwards. And the chemistry between her and J.K. is just, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah, because the uh, team has to go to Chennai, yeah. where it's much hotter than uh, Delhi, and I think they're mostly in Delhi in the first season. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, it's its a different, they're fish out of water, everybody, yeah. except for her. Yeah, and again, it's... And Roger. And ultimately, the goal is to stop a, you know, a terrorist attack which is, again, similar to the first season, and that's what you were kind of expecting with these kind of espionage thrillers, and and delivers on kind of building all of the moving parts to what's going on. And so, you know, again, in the same way with the last season, us following both the villains and and Task, as well as Sri's family, we're bouncing around between all three of these things here. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's just like the way that everything weaves together. It's so brilliantly done. I... I don't know. I might. I might have loved this season even more than the first season. Yeah, um, I was wondering: is there going to be a standout moment that is equal to the hospital scene in the first one? Because that's like a a one take, basically a massacre. Eventually, just this running gunfight for ten minutes long, and then they do it at least three times. Yeah, we eventually get a yeah a couple of, of long take shootouts. They take a while to get there because it kind of takes a while to put all the pieces in place. Because Task actually has no idea what's going on, really. They, they are sent in to uh, capture one of the militant guys from the um, from the Sri Lankan Tamil uh, group, who's been arrested basically, and they don't really know what's going on. And Major Samir from Pakistan is sort of involved mm-hmm. in this too, so he's kind of like the big bad uh, overseeing everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's. Man, this it's is Operation Zulfikar too, he says. This is the most tense I have been watching something since I think Uncut Gems. Yeah, you were like, I need a scotch right now. I cannot handle this. This is too much. And I was like, well, I'll drink a scotch. It was I was oh my god. It was so incredibly tense. Mm-hmm. And and I will say, like, I I I think aspects of this show and, and, and of this season, but the show in general are somewhat predictable. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's a problem because I think there are certain expectations you have of the espionage genre. Mm-hmm. And I think also Raj and DK are, they're very um, pop culture savvy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can kind of see, you can see the things that they're working with. And so I see elements of True Lies. I see elements of Office Space. I see elements of 24. Uh, and so you can kind of see all that stuff working but the way in which everything plays out i think is so masterfully done this cast is also incredible everyone in this cast is is bringing it uh from arta to manoj pashpi yeah. uh to samantha she is she's she is i'd like to see some more stuff with her because she was fantastic in this and i was really you happy that you cannot take your eyes off her she's yeah. magnetic and and again, I think going back to kind of what we were saying at the top of the show about the controversy, and you know, we do want to say that you know, uh, 
we respect that some people might have issues with the way things are represented or, you know, I think there are ramifications when a piece of pop culture does portray a, um, a group in a negative light. And I think it does not make the Sri Lankan government and army look good at all. They no. come off as like super well, bad guys. And I do think that, that filmmakers have a responsibility there when they are using um, using real life yeah, yeah. real life conflicts like this. But I think what I want to say is that I think it's really smart the way in which you spend so much time with Raji. Mm-hmm. So much time. I think you get a lot more of her than you did with Musa because he was kind of halfway through the first season. It's like, oh, Musa. Okay, we got to care about Musa now. Yeah. No. Whereas this one, you're like, it's Samantha all the time. You spend so much time with her and just kind of seeing the way that she has to, the things that she has to put up with in her life and how she has to navigate them. That by the time, by the time things kind of shift, I think you deeply empathize with her. And I yeah. think I think that's, hard not to. that's by design. I do think, you know, while the family man does want to have, you know, a very kind of uh, straightforward thriller where you know who the bad guys are and you know who the good guys are and you're rooting for the good guys to win, uh, I do think that it takes the time to really kind of make sure that all of this is nuanced. Yeah, you... Ideally, she would get away or something, but she's pretty committed to her cause. And I really like that they have like a main villain each season now. Yeah. I, in the first one was Musa, aka Alcatil, and they could have easily gone towards like, well, here's a faceless group of you know anonymous people or something. But having a someone to point to and like, here's a sympathetic villain. I mean, Musa was sympathetic too, kind of yeah. with his grandma and his all that stuff. Like, you did kind of feel for him, too. And also, the bomber guy is back. I forget his name, but he was in the first season. He's back in this one as kind of like a terrorist all-star who gets traded to <laughs> the Sri Lankan Tamils. It's also important to remember that, like, these things are fictional. It's him. And, <laughs> if we can get Ryan, the the IRA guy from... ISIS! Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> it looks like he got traded from uh, the IRA to ISIS... For a couple first round draft picks later on, Uh, maybe get him into the next one. I love it. We actually do sort of know what the next one is going to be about too. It probably shouldn't say now, but like, it definitely is pointing towards the third season. Yes. And you want to talk about rip from the headlines? I mean, it it is mentioning the pandemic for sure. So. Yes. Well, and and mentioning the impacts of the second wave Mm -hmm. of the pandemic in India. Uh, yeah, which again, like that really surprised me just kind of how contemporary or just kind of in the moment um, it felt at the end mm-hmm. um, because of that. Let's talk about Manoj. Oh, he's so good, Mac. He's so, so good. Yeah, he just absolutely crushes it this season. Um, you actually don't get a ton of him and Suchi together, but... Really, in the first season, once he goes up to Kashmir, I think he does, or somewhere up there, like they're separated, and then she's with uh, mm-hmm. the guy from her startup, Arvind, the douche. Um, so, like, the scenes where they're together. Nothing wrong with Arvind. You can tell that, like, things have deteriorated. So, she's actually not even working anymore. Yeah. She, over the course of in between the two seasons, has quit her job at the startup and is just with the kids 
but it's going crazy. Mm-hmm. Just watching TV all the time and getting bored while everyone's gone. But like you can tell that there's much more tension than before. They barely even speak, and yeah, it's super awkward. Yeah, but like in a good way. Yeah, I think both of those performances are are fantastic. I, I mean, I really think that everyone in this show is great. Um, shout out to Artav as always. It would be great if, if the third season had like a magician element, <laughs> or possibly like a like a, a jazz quartet. And he, and he needs to use his knowledge of hypnotism and saxophone to help his dad. Um, Raj and DK, I know you listen. That, I mean, that is gold right there. You should use that idea. You can have that one for free. But yeah, again, the way Bajpay balances he's the champ. comedy. He's, he's one of the best actors yeah. in the world, yeah, I would the, say. The balancing of comedy and drama and action is just like, like mm-hmm. he just he seamlessly does it all, and it's tough to do that too because like a and he lot looks of great while doing it. Yeah, a lot of people can be funny, a lot of people can be serious, and a lot of people can be action stars. But yeah. it's tough to get like all three. I'm thinking of like I don't know Kurt Russell or somebody who can balance the sense of humor with being in action situations, but also is good at drama too. Like. That is not a common combination. Daniel Craig. Daniel Craig. He well, is not. He is not asked to be funny as Bond, but we know he can be. Well, yeah, but he so rarely has to do it. Like in Knives Out and uh, Logan Lucky, his characters are very funny, but they don't really have to do a lot of action. It's balancing all three that makes uh, Bajpai such the champ. Right. Yeah. 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 And Priyamani, she's. <laughs> She's so good. Like, I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I do think she gets sidelined a little bit this time. Yeah. Well, yeah. I would say, like, her, the tension in her story in the first season felt a bit more palpable because yeah. it was the... There is a mystery still. Yeah. Will will she or won't she cheat on her husband? Um, here, it's a bit more of her kind of grappling with, you know, what she wants out of life, what she wants out of her marriage, what she wants out of work. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with her children. Um, she, especially kind of in the third act, she gets sidelined for reasons that we won't get into, but mm-hmm. um, I still think she's fantastic in the show. I really like her. Uh, we should talk a bit about Driti and her storyline. Driti's played by Ashleisha Talker. Uh, she has like quite a big storyline this season much bigger than last time i think actually yeah with this this boy that she's seeing who uh he has a motorcycle rather mysterious oh he's got a scooty yeah he's got like a scooter they're always going off on and and artav is like he he's constantly telling everyone (laughs) that that she has a boyfriend and no one i think artav says boyfriend probably like 15 (laughs) times no one listens to him yeah uh I, but I, I like how they've kind of picked up some tradecraft from their father. <laughs> like, Driti is actually pretty good at uh, keeping things hidden. I don't want to spoil it, but there's a moment in this show with Driti that just, like, that. I mean, that was the moment when I said I needed a drink. Yeah. And then after that, someone lies about something, and it was awesome. Yeah. Like, it's just, yeah. Just deadpan hilarious. Uh, yeah. She, she, great performance. Loved it. I think that storyline... That storyline, I think, could be a little cliche. Because it's, again, like, oh, the daughter is in danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, that was like, in 24, basically. Very 24. Very and true, true lies. lies again. Yeah. 
Um, but I think I think she sells it so well, mm-hmm. uh, and the guy playing Callion, her boyfriend, like they both just sell it so well that I I immediately forgave it, it being maybe a bit of a cliche. Mm-hmm. Uh, I kind of like that it was t- nine episodes this time too. It was mm-hmm. like all killer, no filler. There were there were side plots, but it's not. Like, the first season was not, like, overly digressive either, but this was just cut to the bone, all the good parts you want. And there's quite a range of run times. Like, episodes range from 33 to 60 minutes, Mm -hmm. Uh, which is interesting when you're kind of trying to figure out, like, how many more you want to watch in a sitting. Because we just, like, powered through this. Two days, I think. So incredibly hooked. Um, I also want to talk about the, I think probably the standout scene is the interrogation scene between... Srikant and Raji. That's a big one, yeah. I think that's kind of like the cornerstone scene of this whole season. Because Srikant, if you had to pick a uh, character trait for him, is that he lies so well and so easily. Uh, but he's up against someone who actually probably doesn't lie very well at all. She's just like... A rock, essentially. She's so dedicated. And she could see right through him. She could see right through him. Yeah. And, and I just, that he realized, just like, yeah, we're not getting anything out of her. They're not getting anything, yeah. And, and then it leads to, into the best action scene of the whole, of the whole season. Yeah, I whole think... Se- yeah, it's... No, I would have to watch the hospital one again, but it's <laughs> it's up there. Yeah, that, that stretch, I think, is... That's, like, the high point. Um, not to say that everything that comes after isn't also great, but that, to me, that's kind of... When I think when I think about the season, I think those that's the scene, that's the build up, that's the action scene, that's the the kind of the interplay between the two of them. That's what I'm going to think of. Yeah, and it's not like these sort of espionage type shows and movies often devolve into yelling at the phone and somebody looking at a computer and trying to find something, and this does turn into that a little bit later. But for the most part, this is like but I think- people on the ground talking to each other. Using their brains, using police work, basically, and yeah. not like techno babble. And I think that interrogation scene works so well because you just you kind of see both of the characters and you and see the they're actors. holding up to each other. Yeah, exactly. You've spent so much time with both of these characters, and they're finally connected. They're finally in the same room, and you just see what makes both of them tick. It's also interesting because I think that Raji would, in a fist fight, would absolutely demolish Rikant because she's. Yeah. She fights like the Terminator. So, like, the only way he could compete with her is in a sort of intellectual battle or a gunfight. Mm-hmm. But, like, he can't really get into a fist fight with her because she's just so much better at it. And that's that's kind of a rare sort of interaction between men and women in, like, an action type thing. You don't, you don't get that that often. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about how this is shot, the direction? It's fantastic. Handheld. It's jiggly. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of handheld, a lot of long takes. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was love having... the long take. The long take is like the Amazon Prime sort of signature. Yeah, I was having a conversation. I don't remember any in Made in Heaven, but uh, <laughs> Mirrors Report definitely did a great job on that one in the apartment building. Yeah, I, th- I feel like Pato Lock had one too. Mm, probably. Uh, I was having a conversation with um, my Trash Art in the Movies co-host, Paul Matwichuk, and he says that he's sick of the long take, it's overdone, he now just he wants, wants editing. Short takes. <laughs> now he wants like impressive Are editing, you saying that Paul but... wants quick bites of content? <laughs> Possibly no. quibbies? No. Is that is no. that what he's he after? He wants editing. Hmm. Uh, and I, I do kind of see what he's saying, just like fatigue about 
overuse of long takes, like especially after um, Birdman. No, not Birdman. Especially after 1917. And Russian Ark. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Talk about overrated. No, that movie was awesome. And I like 1917 too. I don't know. I, I like 1917. I think, but I I, I I think he's drastically overstating how many things have long takes. No, I think it has become a bit of a gimmick, but I think I think here it's done so masterfully. Uh, and again, like I just can't imagine choreographing these action scenes and having the camera move in the way. And it just I don't think they seem like a gimmick here. I think Raj and DK when they pull out the long take action scene, the long take gunfight, it's to true really... detective. That's the other. First season when he goes into the trailer park. Yeah, and then there's atonement. Like there's much. Yeah, but like um, that's probably the one that people point to. Like okay, prestige TV, do right. a long take. Right, but I think when Raj and DK pull it out, it's really to put you as the audience member into the chaos. fray of the action. It's chaotic into situation. The chaos. You could either do that and through super uh, intense editing and having like half second takes and like boo 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 or you're there and it's even scarier because it's you're experiencing it the way you would in reality. Yeah. Uh, I also think that there's some incredible lighting this season. Especially... Music was really good too. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It kind of felt like... Synthy. Yeah, I, I was getting like a Michael Mann vibe off the music. Off, yeah. Off the score. Um, I think you can get a Michael Mann vibe off the show. Like, maybe, it does yeah. kind of remind me of Black Hat, especially considering... Uh, Hathaway Black Hat has to go to Hong Kong? I well, forget where he also... goes in that one, but it's it's kind of a fish out of water thing and gunfights and, uh, you know. And yeah. also it's that handheld thing that you yeah. see a lot of in like Miami Vice yeah. and, and Black Hat. Basically, um, this is extremely our shit. Yeah. There are, there are some scenes uh, with, uh, with Raji when she kind of uh, has to go back to Sri Lanka to recover something Mm -hmm. i'm sure people people can figure it out gotta go get some stuff what what she would potentially be smuggling across the border as a terrorist yeah uh and and there are just there are some quiet scenes there where she just kind of talks about what's happened to her and Mm -hmm. why she is dedicating her life to this cause it's both some fantastic acting but also it's all like Night for night, night. For night photography. Yeah. It's backlit with like this amazing blue sky. You, you could just see basically the edges of her face. Yeah, you can just talking about this, and it's see... just like yeah, the darkness has sort of basically taken her away. It's so well done. Matt. Yeah, so good. And she kind of has a thing with the bomber guy. I'm never going to remember his name, but yeah, he was of... in the first season. Yeah, he was the he was the guy who blew up scooters. Yeah, uh, but he's he's drafted in this one by Samir to go help out uh, yeah. this group. And he's very good, and I think they do a really good job of building that relationship between the two of them, mm-hmm. and this idea that it could be romantic. If but they're they were also so good, devoted. Yeah. yeah, if they were in different circumstances, and I think again, like you have to build that connection between the two of them, so that so that what he kind of does in the third act mm-hmm. to kind of set off more chaos. Uh, and then you're wondering, justified. Yeah, you're you're just wondering about her mental state afterwards too. Yeah. Uh, did it, you, it's like the only thing that would shake her, really. Did you find this as like intense of a show as I did? Yeah. yeah. I I think I just really like action stuff. Like I mean, so I'll play I. Counter Strike. Like yeah. the the sort of tension doesn't bother me as much. It's it's like Patalock stuff where 
people are but, just it's such a it's such a f-ed up world that 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 messes with me more this i was just having like a ball the whole time it wasn't the intensity for me wasn't necessarily in the action scenes but in the build-up. And so mm-hmm. there's, a, there's a long scene where JK and one of the operatives that they meet in Chennai are waiting around for a warrant. Mm-hmm. And that... That was like the longest thing ever. Like yeah, it's I just, like, you just, what you, are these guys doing? You know, you know that it's going to pop off at some point, but you don't know when it's going to pop off and you don't know how badly it's going to pop off. And you're just... We were essentially waiting for an entire episode for it to pop off. And then it did. And that intensity, like, that's what I'm talking about when I'm saying, like, this had me on the edge of my seat. I was so tense because I just didn't know. So it's like uh, the under the floorboard scene in Inglourious Bastards. Sure. That's the tension. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really good. That's what I love about this show is it just like it it puts everything into, into place and then it really draws well, it just out that it up. like yeah, yeah yeah it just it puts it to you and and it's it's so also sort of a function done. of these guys are just scrambling the whole time they've got a lead but they don't want to uh, leave the place and they don't have like a surveillance van like yeah they're on the back foot the entire time and that's where you want your heroes to be typically you don't you're it's not interesting when someone has all the capabilities and can call in a drone strike or something. It's boring. Mm -hmm. Uh, You want people to just be scrambling the whole time. And that's how you make interesting sequential fiction. How are Mm -hmm. they going to get out of this pickle? Yeah. You know, when I think, when I compare this to kind of like where James Bond has gone, like James, James Bond at this point is like a superhero link. Mm -hmm. He can dart all over the world within a blink of an eye. He never needs to wait around for a warrant. Mm-hmm. He, you know, has, like, superhuman capabilities. I think you could argue that these characters maybe also have the kind of superhuman... I would say thing. that JK is probably a bit more able uh, to live through things than he should be. But I think, um, I think kind of this show does a good job of balancing, like, the unrealistic expectations of... The genre, and again, like I also think of like Mission Impossible, like or this... True Lies, the thing yeah. that this is the closest yeah. to. Yeah, yeah. Again, like it's just it's so over the top. This I think like never gets quite over the top. It just like it it it, it starts it gets to, like... to about eighty and then just keeps keeps it there. Yeah, it kind of like maybe touches the surface, but it never quite fully jumps over. Mm-hmm. And I think that's very smart because I think it kind of keeps you on your toes about like the state of our heroes and our villains mm-hmm. um because i think also like it doesn't go into fast and furious territory no no you care i think we we care about the villains in this show quite a bit <laughs> so um, much that you could say that they're probably not villains at all yeah they're they're potentially not not villains. they have at a all. difference of opinion that they're expressing in a dangerous way yeah and so like while i wouldn't call this show realistic uh i do think it kind of keeps you in a space where the stakes never feel overblown. The stakes mm-hmm. still feel very intense. They still feel, uh, it's, it's, it feels like they're, they're, that lives are at stake. I thought the resolution to the first series problem, the cliffhanger, right. was interesting. It was maybe a bit kind of um, downplayed, but it's also the same way that that would happen in reality. Mm-hmm. Like... The, you basically just can't trust the government, yeah. essentially. Um, and I thought that was interesting and true to life, but I was expecting a little bit more, 
but I should have tampered my expectations. Fair enough. Yeah. Anyway, this show rules. Watch we, it. Yeah, we recommend it. Go watch it. You'll watch it this weekend. Just you'll you'll just burn through the whole thing and have a whale of a time. Stay indoors. Don't catch the coronavirus. If you're here, you could stay out of the heat dome. Order pizza. Watch the show. Yeah, it's a, it's a great what time. What more do you need? It's awesome. I I loved it. I can't wait for the next season. At this point, I'm not. I don't know. I'm so torn as to what my favorite Indian streaming series is. Uh, I think. Amazon Prime, though, is where it's at. Sacred Games on Netflix was great, but yeah. then they have not followed up with anything, and Amazon Prime has delivered three, arguably four, bangers. What's the fourth? A lot of people like Mirzapur. Oh, yeah, and it's, I don't. It's decent, but it's it's kind of like, if this is the understated one, Mirzapur is the super pulpy one where nothing matters. Yeah, yeah. But Patolok, Made in Heaven, Family Man, like... Those are great. And if they do another season of Patalog, I don't know what they'll do, but like that would be awesome to do that again. Like yeah. Patalog's the wire and this is the, you know, better version of twenty four. Yeah. And we love OEG Computer on Hotstar. Like, OEG Computer that's is great too. Certainly up there. Yeah. You know, in, in terms of our favorites. So yeah, give the family man a watch. It's a good time to have a TV mm-hmm. and an internet connection. <laughs> Hello, I'm Elizabeth Bonkink. I'm Andrew Paul. And we're the hosts of the Well Endowed Podcast. The Well Endowed Podcast is produced by Edmonton Community Foundation, or ECF as we call it. ECF provides grants to charities through the endowment funds we create and manage with our donors. Hence the title of our show, The Well Endowed Podcast. Every month, we bring you a collection of stories and interviews with fascinating guests who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. Through these stories, we look at the space where endowments intersect with your communities. So if you're interested in the people and issues impacting your community, check out the wellendowedpodcast.com. Hosted by Todd Hirsch, ATB Financial's Vice President and Chief Economist, The Future of Podcast has launched its second season. By connecting with industry leaders to uncover what's on the horizon for the things that mean the most to you, The Future of Podcast promises to give you insights and help navigate what is often an uncertain future. Explore how our economy and the communities can not only brace for change, but embrace the opportunity it creates. Subscribe to The Future Of in the Apple Store, Google Play, Spotify, and everywhere podcasts are found. And connect with us at atb.com slash thefutureof. Uh, that's it for this supplemental of us just gushing, just gushing about yeah. the family man. I- the show rules. I can't think of anything I don't like about it. I don't know if I had a lot of interesting observations this episode, but but thank you. <laughs> thank you for indulging me. Uh, we will be back in two weeks, Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we going to be doing? We've thought about this one for a long time. Uh, it's been on our board of ideas mm-hmm. that we kind of forgot to use for a long time. But uh, it's something that uh, I think we need, if we're going to fully understand this one actor, we should probably see uh, some of his interesting early roles mm-hmm. because we haven't really touched on them. But we're going to be looking at uh, Dar and Bazigar, yes. looking at some Shah Rukh Khan when he was a creepy youth. Yes, two thrillers starring Shah Rukh Khan in a, in a villain role, in a negative role, um, of him as like an obsessed lover, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm really excited to see these movies. I've, I've read a lot about them, and again, how Shah Rukh Khan kind of started out as a villain and not necessarily 
mm-hmm. as the romantic hero he would become. Yeah, he started uh, off as a, I don't know, an Elijah Wood type or somebody. <laughs> I, yeah, and I just, I've heard, I've heard these are great performances. I'm really looking forward to catching up with these films. They're both very long, uh, as you would expect from Bollywood in the 90s. It's the full but meal deal. It's going to be good. Uh, in the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up the show? At Bollywood Pod Twitter, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S, at Aaron E-F-R-A-S-E-R, uh, BollywoodsForLovers.tumblr.com, uh, Facebook.com slash BollywoodsForLovers. Uh, leave us a rating on your streaming service. Uh, if it's not Apple Podcasts, maybe send us a message to on Twitter or something so that we know. It's always not easy to see all the time, but that's the only way in the entire world that you can get Biffle points. And I think you want some, because they're real now. Yes. Uh, You can also listen to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Right in the Movies. We just did an episode on kind of like drag performers. So we discussed Victor Victoria and the Birdcage. Uh, And we also want to thank Becca Dalkey for our artwork. Yeah. Tuffy wouldn't do a terrorism. (laughs) He's the best.